understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Stranded Phase Podcast. Welcome back, Stranded family. You are in for a real treat because today's episode is actually a feature episode. And so here's the deal with features. These are episodes where I was on someone else's podcast, and I don't share all of them because I am asked to be on a lot of podcasts, but some of them, I feel like the information is so relevant and some may include some information that you and I have not talked about before. So I really, really want you to hear this episode in particular where I was on the Resilient Heart podcast with Gabby Garland. And we talked about balancing motherhood and entrepreneurship and how so many mothers suffer from starting their business or putting their their full selves into the business because they feel so much mom guilt and shame from not When they make that choice, they feel like they put themselves and their business all before their child. And I was very open and very vulnerable about the fact that I have very little to no mom guilt anymore and how I got over that shame and level of guilt because I realized the grind that I'm putting in now is going to buy me back the freedom later while my son is young so that when I am... 35, 36, and he's seven, six, seven years old, I can choose, pick and choose to spend as much time with him as I possibly want to. So if you're a mama and you're feeling like you can't balance it all and you have to put your babies first, you're not wrong, but I want you to hear this episode. So without further ado, my feature episode on the Resilient Heart podcast, all about balancing motherhood and entrepreneurship. Hey guys, so I want to introduce my friend Jessica. I talk about her all the time on podcast episodes because she is the reason that I launched my podcast. We I'm not even really sure how we ended up friends on Instagram. I think, think it was because I, I posted about Cameron. It was I think about that it. probably was it. So she has a preemie son, which we'll get into that dynamic in a minute. But and so that's I ended up following her, took a class and was like overwhelmed, changed my name for my podcast like four times, probably Jobert crazy. But this is Jessica Hurley and I want you guys to to get to know her and, and introduce herself and tell you a little bit about what she does and all the things that she is into. So you're my forever girl now. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> oh no, that's that's a given. Yeah, you're stuck. <laughs> well thank you so much for having me on the Resilient Heart podcast. I don't think people listening know how much work and how much love has gone into curating this, this project for you. You know, I think there's so much out there right now in the online world, especially since the pandemic, about doing things to make money, uh, doing things to forward yourself personally. And I think people just don't realize how much work you put into this solely for your audience, solely for people that have been where you've been, because I know the hardships you've been through. I know what your life has been like, and I know how badly you want to free people from those things. And so this has really been your love project of giving and gifting others your experiences to truly set them free. And so just to have been such a part of your labor of love, like people don't even know you took a class with me 
before you were a part of my agency. Yeah. And we went six weeks of trying to get your podcast off the ground. And then you joined my agency, which was another six weeks of getting your podcast off the ground. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing this and at this, and you've been at this for quite a while. And so just the way you show up every week, you know, with thanklessly without return is just, it says a lot about who you are and how you're trying to help people. Thank you. I am. Um, it's an interesting thing. And I think, you know, when the podcast started and I realized that I didn't technical wise, and I'll tell you this all the time, I'm an absolute shit show when it comes to technical stuff. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people shy away from things like a podcast or a website or all those things that will help them grow their business and give them a place for, that people want to connect with them because they don't know how to do some of that technical stuff. And I was talking to a girlfriend and she gave me the best advice. She was like, how much money are you wasting in the time that you're spending not getting this done that you could be pouring into the content that you're giving people or your coaching program? She's Correct. like, worth the investment. And so I think honestly, for me, I'm one of those people that is that quits everything. I quit high school, I quit college, I quit college again. And so had I not hired your agency, I definitely know I would have just been like, it's too much. I can't do it. I'm just going to fucking forget about it. And so I just want to tell people like, find people that know what they're doing and just make that investment because this wouldn't have happened the way that it did without your help. And so I'm forever thankful because it is, you make all of the messy look good. So it's really <laughs> Well, that was why we created my agency was because I went through the process myself and did it with a newborn. I started my podcast right after my son came home from being in the NICU for three months and was determined to do this. I was working a full-time job. So I, I go back to work and I'm literally recording this. I, I remember asking people to be on my podcast and I can only do podcast interviews after eight o'clock. Most people were telling me no, cause it was so late. I'm recording these podcast episodes. And at the time, here's another part. People don't even know this. There was a period of time when I started my podcast where the only place I could record it quietly was in our garage. So mm-hmm. I was recording in our garage, hot as shit in Florida. And then I'm sitting in there. I can't even remember, like the vision I have is all I remember staring at the wall because the computer would face the wall and editing until 2 a.m., crawling into bed, going to work the next morning and being like, this is insane. Like, right. this is insane. Like I have to think I'm dr- while I'm driving to work, I'm thinking about what what's going to be on my next podcast episode. Then I'm thinking about how I'm going to market it. Then I'm thinking about what I'm going to write on a caption to get people to go listen to it, basically hoax them into go listening. And then I got to technically learn how to technically, like all the technical requirements and create something, other marketing pieces to market the podcast other than just talking about it to make it attractive to visual and audio learners. So I'm like, so there was a point six months in where I was just like, how do people do this? This is not worth it. And that's when I learned people started many of my favorite podcasters and your favorite podcasters have teams and they're either hired within their, within their business. So it's usually two staff. I found that's not one, it's two, one to two staff, or they hire out uh, some type of service. And so the other piece that really got to me was I was meeting all of these incredible women that people, women and men that had these incredible stories and wanted to share their message, wanted to have a podcast, dreamt, like I was meeting people that were like, that's my dream. I've always wanted to have a podcast for like six years, but I read about it. I get information overload. I don't know what to do. And we're in places where they couldn't necessarily afford that, had the vision, but there was just this huge gaping gap of like in the middle of not knowing how to get there. And I was like, this isn't fair. 
like money or not having money or no money to invest at the time, you have something to say that should not prohibit you from starting something that could change the world. Yeah, no, I agree. It's been, I I think, you know, and you've, you and I've talked about the, some of the stories and I have a, a handful of ones that are just me coming up. And oddly enough, the ones where I call them like my, they're basically like diary episodes that I just record and put out there. Those are some of the most popular because I think there's such a lack of authenticity and positivity happening right now. And so um, there's plenty of positivity. There's not enough authenticity. Okay. Maybe that's what it is. Or maybe (laughs) I feel like some of the positivity isn't authentic. Correct. So I've kind of felt like people need to be a little bit more real about the shit they go through mm-hmm. and how they got through it. Because I think it's really easy to see somebody that's like straight up killing it on Instagram or Facebook or whatever this platform is, but you never get to see the messy pieces that happened right. before they got to that space. And so getting to share some of that story, I kept thinking, oh, this is going to like help so many listeners, but it's helping even the people that are guests where they're like sharing my story. Like it got it off my heart. It made me feel better. I feel like a weight has been lifted. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like I never would have thought that piece would have happened. That wasn't something that I anticipated, but it's really cool to see. Oh, I always tell people if worst case scenario, if this thing just falls flat on its face, it's the greatest form of therapy. So prepare yourself. <laughs> it's the greatest form of therapy because you are sharing yourself for others. And it's like, again, your authenticity, that is, it's so funny because I, I've been, I've spoken at PodFest. I've this is just recently this year, like this year, I feel like my, my personal brand has blown up and I've been podcasting for almost three years. And I'm only telling your listeners this, not for a pat on the back, but I'm telling you because people always come to me and they go, well, how did you do it? What did you do? Like, did you pay for ads? Did you, you know, were you on big pot? Like, what was the thing? What's the secret sauce? And I'm like, yo, I swear to God, I did two things. I was consistent. I never let this podcast down. It's been almost three years. It is like, in my mind, it's habitual, like working out. Like I'm like podcast this week, podcast this week, podcast this week. Like it's being consistent and it's been showing up authentically. Like I give my listeners all of me, all the bullshit, all the stories, all the life changes, all the things. And then I find applicable steps for them. And I never missed an opportunity to get to know my listeners. Never, never. I know you, I know what you're going through. I tell people all the time, the the best thing you can do when you have a podcast is like, for me, I literally close my eyes. When I'm recording solo, I close my eyes and it's because I'm envisioning the woman that's behind the mic. I'm talking to one woman. If 40% of you choose to pick that up because that's your life, so be it. But I'm talking to one woman. I've been there before. I know her. I am her. I'm just, I'm just her life a little bit fast forwarded from right. the, the stuck place that she's in. Yeah. And so just showing up and speaking to those people authentically, that grew everything naturally. I had 1700 followers when I started my podcast. Yeah. 1700 followers. So for everybody out there that's listening, that thinks that starting a business, starting a project, selling a product, starting a podcast, that you need to wait as if wait for this insane number of followers and then do the thing. Buy them. I kept reading like, you know, the minute my podcast launched, they're like, we looked at your Instagram and you have, you know, like 300 followers. And I'm like, and I'm cool with 300 followers, but they, people think that you have to buy that. And like, was it 48 hours into my podcast, I had over 500 downloads, there were 43 before it was even technically my live date, because my friends were stalking the page. And I Mm -hmm. basically just had my little tiny circle of social media, just go really fucking hard for me. And so, you know, you can't get that type of success that quickly. And that type of 
a platform if you haven't poured a whole lot of love into a whole lot of people that are giving you that back. And so I didn't, it's that moment where you think, oh, what, um, what am I doing this for? Why am I doing this? And getting to see so many people that I've just checked on over the years and, you know, like see something, some struggle that they're going through. And I send them a message and I'm like, Hey girl, I'm just thinking about you. I'm sending you love. I'm, you know, send me a message if you need anything and seeing those girls turn around and share my podcast and watch it and download it. And like, it was just, it was the coolest thing ever because it just, I told you, like, I just, I never thought we would, I would hit 112 right out the gate. I was like, Oh my gosh, like what is happening right now? Now you have thousands of downloads and it's barely been two months. Yeah. Thousands of downloads, thousands of people in your inbox saying that you, what did I tell you? I said, one of the most powerful things that's going to happen is a stranger is going to reach out to you and say that you changed their day or you changed their life just from simply sharing your story or someone else's. Oh yeah. And then I just cry all day. Like it's, I'm still getting the trickle in of those, those messages. Cause I came with a really big launch. And so I got a lot of stuff right away. And I was like, every day I would wake up and just fall. And it was definitely like happy tears, but it was also like, Oh my gosh, you know, it's just this crazy whirlwind of, I don't even know. <laughs> and let me, let me give your listeners this too. This is the part I think that's so cool about podcasting that makes it so separate, you know, cause I, I tell people this all the time. I think there's really like ultimately five or six methods for you to really build a personal brand. Right. But podcasting stands out in this unique way still. There's people like, what's the difference? Like I could just go talk on Instagram or something. It's so different. So when you get into the like technicality of it and the stats, this is what reminds me and makes me happy. The fact that Americans and just like people all over the world aren't as superficial as we believe them to be. And here's why. Because there's stats that came out from Nielsen Media Research last year that said that out of all the platforms that you can follow and listen to somebody and search them and blah, 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 that out of a blog, Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, that, that you or I, on average, do not view someone's page or YouTube video longer than five minutes. I think YouTube was the longest and it was like six and a half minutes, right? And so think about when you look at someone's Instagram page, you have checked them up and down for like likability, knowing them, trusting them, tops five minutes mm -hmm. through pictures, videos, and captions quick like that, right? They said the average podcast listener listens to a podcast 26 minutes or longer, 26 minutes or longer. Yeah. So as a podcast host, and if you're an avid podcast listener and you're listening to this, how much more do you feel like, you know, Gabby, how much more do you feel like, you know, me now, how much more do you feel like you're sitting on the couch next to us amidst this conversation? So now you have this insane, like ability to build trust and like this authentic relationship with your audience quicker and faster and scale intimacy faster than you would on Instagram or any other platform through the form of a podcast. It's yeah. still different. It's still different and unique. And that's why I tell people all the time. You cannot measure the possibilities and popularity of your upcoming podcast through your followers. No. It's, it means nothing. No. Nothing. No. I, I was just telling you right before we started, I'm like 192 in the, in the Netherlands from one yep. episode. <laughs> I was like, oh. yeah. It's just, it's cool to see it happen. Like you can watch, watch the progression. And it's, it's been a really amazing, amazing ride. I think. Progression. Um, one thing I do want to talk about really quick is one of the things that I've always been really big on is promoting other women and supporting other women and cheering for other women and, and highlighting amazing things that other people are doing. Uh, I think it says more about who you are as a person than somebody that is constantly like, 
hey, look at me and let me tell me, you what me. I did. And, you know, having enough, I don't even know if it's being humble or being kind enough to just really look out for other people. And it's a moment of thankfulness for me because the, the speaking engagement that I'm doing on Saturday came from you giving me a shout out on a conference that we were both on and you were Aww. a speaker and I was like, I didn't have a bra on. I had a hoodie. I was laying in the bed and it was like the breakout. And I was like, I'm not, cause I always, I mean, you and I talk all the time. So I learn things from you all the time. But in that breakout, I was like, I just want to stay on the podcast one. Cause I didn't know, I never know what you're going to say. So I'm like, I'll just soak up some more cool. And so the minute you got on, you were like, let me, I want to share what, what's happening with your podcast. And I think women need to be doing more of that for each other because it gets the rest of us into spaces that we wouldn't normally be in or people wouldn't even know to, to introduce us or to invite us. And so I'm going to be doing more of that even as time goes on. But, but thank you for doing that because I'm speaking at the Soul Summit this weekend and I'm so excited and I totally thought they emailed the wrong girl. And I was like, is this an error? Like when they invited me. So it's, no, it's crazy. So- let me, so can I be authentic with your audience for a yeah. second? Can I give them an uncensored version? Listen yes. to me. You want to get a fucking bag? Help someone else. Like yes. it's literally that simple. And now, now let me take it a step further. I'm not a saint. So let me, let me tell you like a quick, can I, I'm going to tell them a quick story about where yeah. I had to put my ego aside and how I've learned time and time again, there's a time and place for everything, but there is the ultimate fast track way to a bag is finding out how you can provide solutions to people's problems, get other people paid so you can be paid. I promise you it is the best way to success and it will fill your cup too. In 2017, 2018, a year after I launched my podcast, I went to a conference with my friend. It was Rachel, Rachel Luna's event, Confidence Activated. No, it was 2019. It was right when I was about to, it was right after I quit my job. It was a month after I quit my job. And I go with my friend because she got a free ticket I go with her, Angie Lee's on the stage. If you guys don't know who Angie Lee is, Angie Lee's one of the most popular podcasters, over 6 million downloads of the Angie Lee show. I've watched her entire journey when she went from her podcast originally used to be called the Rich Bitch Podcast, then now it's the Angie Lee show. She's just a phenomenal podcaster. So they give the audience an opportunity to ask questions. And I'm like, something in me is like, get up, like get, like, get your ass up, like, just go ask a question. And I'm like, so I just like get in the line to use the mic in front of like 500 people. I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm like, I don't even know what I want, but my soul's like, you got to get up there. Take this opportunity right now. Yeah. And right when I got to the mic, I knew what it was. I was like, let your, let your guard down. And I had had this idea between me and my mentor, Ronnie Brown, to come up with this concept of Insta podcast. I had already helped people launch their podcasts. I had just done it silently, quietly, because everybody was like, how are you doing this? Because I had my own podcast, it was popular already. And I was helping people silently. So we came up with this concept, but I couldn't get on the bus. Like I just, I put, I put, I, I built the bus, I put it in the parking lot. And then I was like, mm, I don't want to <laughs> drive the bus. Like, I was just like, mm. I couldn't get on board. And this is two months after I quit my job, my income's kind of fuzz a month and a half, my income's kind of up and down. And I get up there and I just say it. I said, I want to start a podcast management agency. I love helping people launch their podcasts. And she was like, okay, great. What's the problem? And I was like, I'm scared that if I focus on everyone else's podcast, that my podcast is going to fall apart. And she was like, 
And then Marshawn Evans, I don't know if you, if you know who Marshawn Evans is, mm-hmm. she's the author of Believe Bigger. She was sitting in the front row because one of her clients was a speaker. She stands up and is like, give me the mic. And Angie Lee hands her the mic and she turns around. And she goes, I don't know why God told me to stand up. And she's like, but I have a very clear message for you. She said, God told me to tell you today that there is a, she said something like, there's an opportunity for you to be the, oh my God, not the author and the speaker, but the, um, the artist. She said, you're asking, you're worried about being the artist. And she said, in this season, God is calling you to be the producer. And she was like, you've been the artist. You've tried the podcast. It doesn't mean that it's not going to take off. And she was like, but you were given the gift and it might not be for you. It might've been for you to learn the thing, to give it to other people. That doesn't mean that you have to take a backseat for the rest of your life. It might mean you were given a gift to give it to other people. She said, some of the most incredible producers started out as artists. She was like, Dr. Dre, Pharrell, all of these people, they were great artists. They were incredible, phenomenal, unforgettable producers. Yeah. And she was like, you may have learned the gift to give it to someone else. And God's telling me right now to tell you that if you want true success, if you want Sarah Blakely level success, where you create something and give it to other people to help their lives, and then you can walk on any stage you want, it's to set aside your ego and become the producer in this season. And I literally was like, Yes, ma'am. Got it. And I set my ego. (laughs) Drops mic. Done. I'm good. I set my ego aside. And I was like, you're not letting the stranded podcast go. But now your mission's bigger than you. Yeah, absolutely. Your mission is to help all of these people that want, and I I mean this in the least conceited way, but want what you have. They have a voice too. I'm not the best voice out there. I don't have the most incredible story. They just see me do it. And they're like, how? So you have to go out there and help all of these people with these incredible stories and these messages and these these life-changing stories, help them tell their truth too. And just remove all the blocks, all these blocks. Your job is to remove all these blocks because you already know how to do it. And you just worry about your stuff later. And of course, you know what the irony is. My business is blown up. I've helped over, we did, I did a thing with like a data person the other day Mm -hmm. that helped me find out that we have helped we have produced over 24,000 podcasts this year, podcast episodes. So that means 24,000 so cool. telling stories and the strain of face podcast is blowing the fuck up. So Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So it's like, it, I just, I encourage you right now if, because I know how easy it is. Like we're saying, don't just focus on yourself. And that's so easy to say, but it's so easy to get caught up in like, how do I get seen more? How do I take pictures that make me get seen more? How do I do interviews with people that make me get seen more? You, this is all self. This is all self. Ask yourself, how do I do something where I get to put myself in the back seat and use and give away a solution to a problem that I've already endured, that I've already gone through, that I've already created, that I've already experienced, tested, and know it works. How can I give that to other people and help them succeed? I promise you, you will not be left at the starting line. It's not no. how it works. It's funny that you mentioned Ronnie Brown because she was somebody with the, pre- we were in the same previous company, we were on the same team or anything, but she was just somebody that I'd always just thought she was really wonderful, just watching kind of from a distance. And I remember I was going for the biggest promotion that I had gotten within that company before I left. And I sent her a message and I just wanted some advice because I'd been beaten down within my current environment. It was a really horrible situation, very toxic. And her guidance and just her taking the time. And I knew it was her. I remember thinking, 
what if it's just an assistant? You know what I mean? Because she had such a big team at the time, but it was her and I knew it was her pouring into me, helped me get to the top position that I got into within that company. And so I think surrounding yourself with people that are ahead of you is good. Like I think people get into this, they feel the only time anybody feels insignificant or not worthy to be somewhere is because they know they're not doing what they should be doing. If you're doing any movement forward for yourself and for your growth, you're not going to get in your feels when you see somebody ahead of you, you're going to be inspired. And so, you know, I had this conversation with a girlfriend who took over a position and she's training somebody who's like 25 years older than her. And she's like, this lady is so irritated and she doesn't want to listen to me. And I think people have to check the ego of like somebody that's younger than you that knows more than you. Like I'm 10 years older than you are. And I'm like, well, take notes every time we get on the phone because you're really, really good at something that I'm trying to master. And so I'm going to take all the notes and people really have to consistently be a student to learn and to listen and not only take that advice, but freaking use it. Like it's so stupid to me, people that will pay for mentors and pay for coaching and do all the things. And then they take all that information and they do nothing with it. So you've just wasted your freaking money. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Because you're not going to get further hard. And then it's, you're looking at the person that taught it to you and you're thinking, oh, they didn't teach me enough, but you didn't do any of the things they taught you. So what do you expect them to do? Girl, there are professional course buyers out there. Oh my gosh. Professional purchasers, like the best way I ever heard it. And it's so sad, but it's like, we, you know, a lot of us go into this with the most genuine, like hopes we want to help everybody. I've found, I've found that there's just like that Indian and chiefs thing is so true. Like you just, there's certain people like everybody can't be, everybody can't be a chief. Like there's always going to be any, and you're going to meet people that want so badly or dream and desire so badly to do more, but they just, for whatever blocks and reasons and limitations that they've created, they're just never going to do it. Yeah. Unfortunately. No. And it's, it, it doesn't it makes me sad. It, it's the reality. You still have to do the work. Like it's, you, there's no skipping that part of it. You got to get in, get in the trenches, get in the suck and get through it and get yourself on the other side of it. You did an episode recently, which I wanted to touch on because it was one of those that was like, oh my gosh, like, and I tell you all the time, like today you were talking straight to my face. Like, (laughs) Get out of my ear. (laughs) (laughs) When you were talking, it was, and I don't know her name. I wish that I remembered it because I was listening to the, it was the one about being a mom and like that not being, what do you think, because that one resonated with me so much because I'm, I'm in this in between, like my daughter's grown on her own. And then I have my son and there's such a, like a mom guilt thing about us wanting to do the things that we want to do for ourselves and for our families and doing that with, with a child. Like you and I talk about this all the time. Like I'm in the fucking weeds. Like I just cannot get it together. What do you think you've learned in, in the three years? Because I know and maybe, maybe this didn't happen for you. I know your, your son's a little bit older, but I definitely had like a ton of guilt when I first started uh, really going back to working after he was out of the hospital, where I just felt like I'm such an asshole for not spending every second with him when he could have not made it. And instead I'm working on something instead of that time. Like, how did you get past that guilt? Because I'm still in that, like, I need to ask for help more. I need to, you know. How did, how did that happen for you? So I'm going to give you a lot. Some of it's going to sound like a little overbearing. 
So <laughs> okay, I'm good. <laughs> first things first. What's the last? What's the last like earliest memory you remember of my life? Uh-huh. How old were you? Uh, probably like five, four or five. Yeah, mine's like four. So yeah. nobody remembers anything under two, first of all. So your right. child's not going to be like, mommy, you're always working. You've been doing that my whole life. First of all, ridiculously childish what I'm saying, but very, very true. Now, yeah. if you go into the fact that kids, they earn, they, they learn trust before two. So just the way that they're loved, they, they learn trust. Right. But these children also sleep majority of the day and eat majority of the day. And they're already being spoiled in an abundant amount of love from you. Right. right. But in my mind, all like, it's so funny that I get asked this now because I'm so over it that I'm like, Oh, like I hardly ever struggle with that anymore. And because I have come to such terms in my head about this, because to me, there's so many reasons. Like first there's like a thousand things. That's where I'm like, how do I narrow this down to three? So (laughs) it's like that. And then, so when you're building a business, if you know anything about building a business, if you do this, right, if you put in the time, if you like, do this the right way, focus, invest, stay aligned, like laser freaking focused, you could get anything off the ground and make just about any amount of money within three to five years. So imagine you getting to that place, then your child's three, three, four or five, and now you have the money to buy back your time, right? So I talk about this on my podcast all the time. You either are investing your time to make money to finally get to the place where you can make enough money where you can buy back your time. If you're not doing either or, and you're stuck somewhere in the middle, you're just overwhelmed and not you're an employee of your busy business, your overpaid employee. So you have to be building the business with the intent to make enough money to buy back your time. So imagine you hustle your ass off for three years and by four and five, you have hired employees to run your business so that you can spend four hours a day, four extra hours a day with your kid that most people working nine to five will never, ever, ever be able to do. Yeah. Your child will never know the difference. Never. He will never know the difference. And so here's the thing is we create that guilt in our head. We either create that from some some other moms that we've surrounded ourselves with that have allowed us to believe that or or we've compared ourselves to and said, okay, they spend all day as a stay-at-home mom every waking moment with their child. Wow, like I'm such a piece of shit. You've created that in your head, one. Mm -hmm. Two, when I think about it, now this is really ugly think about it. Every spoiled ass, rotten ass, misbehaved child that I can think of comes from that environment, um, comes from an environment with a stay at home mom that they have ran all over their entire life. I'm not Mm -hmm. to say that's like all of them. There's some very great children. I'm not saying that there's studies that prove this, but I know a lot of people that had stay at home moms that run all over their mamas. Mm -hmm. If there's, if there's two choices I have, for my, for my child to know, because guess what? One or two, my child's always going to know that I'm there. Always, always, always. Yep. But if I've got two options to stay at home with my son all day long, play, play with him every waking moment and appreciate his life or bust my ass because I appreciate his life and he fought and he was resilient. I told myself that if God saved his life, that I was going to spend the rest of my life proving to him why. Yep. Proving to him why doesn't consist of me spending every waking moment with him, loving him more than I already do to so-called prove to him that giving him more of what he already needs makes him more lovable. Like, or I show him what he's capable of through my actions. Yeah. When my kid is five, I want him to be like, 
I can't quit this soccer team because my mama does not play that. Yeah. Oh no. My, my daughter's the thing she tells everybody, she's like, mama didn't raise no bitch. <laughs> like, yes, she's tackling something or if she's, you know, she's a firefighter EMT. So she's done some really hard shit. And she's like, mama didn't raise no bitch no. She in the weeds on something. No. She's seen me fucking fight. We, if women, if y'all don't listen to me, listen to me. If I tell you anything today, we are literally the spice of life. We are the crux of everything that is made to grow. It cannot grow without women. Like literally cannot grow without women. Fight me if you want to. Plants, homes, houses, boys, like jobs, careers, things. They don't do well without a woman's touch. They just don't. They don't. We are at the middle and the core of everything. So if you are not taken care of, you start to spoil just like a fruit. You spoil. And what happens when a fruit spoils in a, in a bowl with other fruit? It starts to spoil everything around it. I can't have a bad apple in a bowl with oranges, apples, bananas, and it's, I can't leave it in the middle because what everything else starts to grow. It starts to spread. If my cup is empty, if I'm losing my sanity, if I'm not doing something I love, if I'm putting all of my energy and all of myself into my child, my children, my husband, my, every, my job, everything and nothing into myself and losing my sanity, I am eventually spoiling everything around me. Yep. Spoiling and not in a good way, Mm-mm. ruining everyone around me. Because if the woman who's touched, like I literally imagine like that cartoon when she had the green finger and would touch like, and it would like grow things. I don't even remember right. what movie that Yeah, movie that I was. don't, it was probably something Disney. <laughs> yeah, some Disney movie like, I imagine that like if everything we touch grows, I have to be my absolute best self. I have to do everything I can to be as happy as I can, as full as I am, as purposeful and as intentful and as like powerful and confident as I am. And do you know what I've learned over 31 years that makes me feel that way? Business, rock star, like doing what I love, conquering things, like starting something and finishing it, that. My son makes me feel amazing. He fills my cup. My, my future husband makes me feel amazing. He fills my cup. But the things that really set me on fire, purpose, passion, business. Yep. So if I don't fill those things, then I'm not nearly as useful to my children and my fiance. I'm just no. not. So get rid of the guilt. It is self-curated. You create it. You shame yourself. You let other people shame you. Oh, and here's the last one. This is the best one. This is my favorite. All of the people that are where you want to be, ask them, ask them if they, if they agree that you should have some mom guilt, because everybody that's where I want to be, they think different. They think different. They understand anybody that is actually shaming you will never be where you are, has never had what you had, will never understand. That is that Brene Brown quote to the fucking T. You cannot oh. tell me from the cheap sheets or outside the r- seats or outside the ring, what I'm doing is wrong. You're not in here fighting with me. People no. that have been in the ring, people that have what you want, people that have exceeded the amount of success or the amount of income or the amount of freedom that you want, they're not, I promise you, those are not the people that are mom shaming you. No. The people that are mom shaming you are the ones that are staying at home and have led themselves to believe that that's the only way to live their life. Yeah, it is. I think- you touched on something that definitely hits home for me. And I'm now, I'm, I'm now 65 pounds down what I was postpartum. 
but I did that. I did, you know, he was in and out of the hospital. I was sleeping on the couch at the hospital. I was not sleeping. I was nursing. I was, I, I had resigned from the company I was with. And so I wasn't working at all. And so that led to this whole other, you know, I'm not even producing income from my family. And my husband is, you know, he's very successful and I'm very blessed at that but I never thought I was going to be that girl. And so then it was this whole spiral of like, who the fuck am I? I had was making multiple six figures. I was taking my daughter and three of her girlfriends on vacation for four days. Like, where did I go from that girl to this girl? And how do I get this girl back? And so it's been a process in that getting rid of that guilt and understanding that like, I'm making the sacrifice early for baby Lindy so that if we want to put him in private school, he can go to any private school he wants. He can go you know, we never have to worry when he's got crazy doctor's appointments and, and all of these things that happen. And I didn't get to do that with my daughter until she was 13 is when I found the the previous company that I was with and was able to do that. And so, yeah, it's, it's a growth process. It's yeah, it's different. The sacrifice <laughs> is so worth it though. Yeah. It like, is. What do you just, cause, cause guess what the alternative is like when you allow that guilt to lead you the alternative is, well, now's probably not a good time. Now's probably oh, yeah. not a good time because <laughs> think of a million reasons why it's not the right time. Yeah. The money, we don't have this, blah, blah, blah. My son's growing up. I should probably spend the first three years of his life really catering to him. He almost didn't make it. So I should spend a lot of time with him, which there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. I'm not shaming you for that either. But right. then you go, okay, well, now's not the time. Maybe when he's like four or five. And now you sit on something that you really wanted to do for four more years. You've suppressed that, which is energy that you will take and retain, by the way. Oh, yeah. Now he's four and five. And you're like, well, he's in soccer now and he's in school now. So like, this is even more difficult. Maybe I'll do it in a couple of years. And then you yeah. wake up 10 years from now and realize you never made one single decision for yourself. And you know what I realized the other day that I was, I haven't shared this yet. I keep wanting to put this on a podcast or my Instagram. If women just owned the fact that like, so one, we're always overwhelmed, right? But most right. of the time we don't know why. Like we're just like, oh, it's because I have to do dishes and I have to cook and I have to clean and I have to, then I got to be sexy for my husband. And then I blah, 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 blah. We got all these things. Oh, I didn't work out today, but everybody's fed. But then I'm still fat. Like we have all these things. And I realized the other day, like I was like really, I was washing dishes and I felt really overwhelmed the other day. And I was like, where's this feeling coming from? Like at its core, what do I, what do I like? Oh, what do I feel? Like I'm overwhelmed, but where's it coming from? Right. And all I heard was, because you keep saying yes to everyone else and you're not mm-hmm. saying yes to yourself. Like say no to these people and say yes yep. to you. Your overwhelm doesn't come from a to-do list that you're not getting enough done. Your overwhelm comes because you keep putting the to-do list before yourself. Yeah. No, it does. It I totally agree. I've had to start to really look at like boundaries of like phone calls and you know, not accepting every podcast interview request and, you know, really looking at what aligns with my heart versus, you know, I know that, that things will get even more successful because I'm doing it the right way. And so I'm just going to keep, keep that path because I think a lot of people, they see other people going quicker than they're going. And so they, they decide to kind of change course or do this or do that. And then they end up making a bigger mess and taking it, taking themselves longer because they didn't stay where they should have stayed in the alignment that they were in because they got distracted by everything else that was happening around them. Just so. girl, girl, <laughs> well, trust me. It's just, 
it's, it's been, I tell people all the time, I've had a one hell of a selfish journey the last three years and it was the best decision I ever made. Yeah. Best decision I ever made. And now I have more time. I have more time and freedom. Like, yeah, what? I'm in a busy season for my business right now. Absolutely. But I still get to, I get, I have control of my choices now. Yeah. It runs my schedule. Yeah. Like, and there's no woman I respect more on earth right now than a woman with boundaries. Yeah. Like it's the best thing goal. you can do in your life is instill some serious boundaries. Like, are we too grown for that? Like, are we too grown to still be people pleasing, to still be lining people up by the 10th power in front of us before we make decisions for ourselves? No. No, that's where your overwhelm comes from, girl. Yeah. Listen, the, the slew, the to-do list of people and things that you have to do. That's what I said on my podcast the other day. Our superpower as women is that we are adaptable as fuck, like oh, AF. Man. We are so adaptable. Like we go with the flow. We flow like water, right? This is why when we're in the car with our husband, like, where do you want to go to eat? Wherever you want to go. Like we, we, it's not that we're indecisive. We're just adaptable. We're so used to going with the flow. We're so used to whatever pleases you, whatever pleases everyone else. If 10 people want to go there, I'll make it work. Yeah. I'll find something on the menu. I like exactly. We're so damn adaptable. That's our superpower. We can walk in any room and make anything work. What is a man like a woman on his arm that can make, that can be a, you know, walk into a room and be the star of the show and be all these other things and all these other places. Like we are adaptable as fuck. The weakness that we have is that the fact that anyone we, we want to like, know, love and trust us can make us be adaptable, can make us use that power at any time. And so we will adapt, transform and mold ourselves into whoever we need to be to get someone to like, know, love and trust us. And that's where we lose ourselves. Mm-hmm. I took your advice. I'm, I told my husband next this month in October, I'm spending a weekend by myself in a hotel. Don't bother me. Listen, <laughs> I'm so excited. I've been like doodling about it. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. Like th- that is one thing that I cannot condone my future husband for enough is like, he knows the sanity that is required of him to maintain a million dollar business. So for me, He's constantly like, I feel like I'm like, I merge like on a highway, like I merge into busyness and I merge into like back into my people pleasing ways. And like, I'm, and he will literally like put a barricade in front of me and be like, Hey, Hey, uh, you want a weekend to yourself? Like, Hey, you want to, uh, you want to go somewhere with your girls? Like, Hey, you want, like, you need to get the fuck away. Like (laughs) you need to take some space. Cause I can see you getting overwhelmed. Like, and he's just always like put boundaries in between you and chaos, like control your sanity. You are always responsible. You are always in control. It is always a choice. So if you are finding yourself losing yourself, go get lost somewhere, find yourself again. This is why people in relationships split up. It's to find themselves, right? Don't lose yourself in other people and other things and goals and settings and, and things that you're trying to accomplish. Go regain your sanity. So like I, I could literally say tomorrow, like, hey, I want a a weekend to myself. And he'd be like, great, see, take off Friday. Like, see you on Sunday. I got the kids, like, go figure it out. Shit, he'll buy the place for me. Like, hey, here's a, here's a three, three day weekend at whatever, whatever spa hotel, you know, or I just told him, I said, hey, I want to plan a weekend trip with my girls. I want to go to Jamaica. And he was like, cool, see ya, figure out, pick a weekend, let me know so I can make sure it's on my calendar. Like, 
And yeah, I'm not saying everyone has for July. And my, I was like, I'm going to ask him. And and it, it, I say that in terms of like, my husband's not one of those, like you got to ask permission, but we right. just have everything, everything financial, everything we yep. do, we talk about our schedule every day. Like we're very much like the pandemic has forced us to really communicate in the best way. And we are the happiest that we have ever been in almost three years of marriage. But I was like, I want to go to Vegas. One of my girlfriends is obsessed with Usher and he's going to be in concert. And I was like, mm. are you down for me to go? And he was like, yeah. And I'm thinking in my mind, like, oh, we can take the baby and my mother-in-law's, my mother's there. And he was like, no, 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 no. I'm good. Just go. What? I was like, so excited. And I'm like, it's, it can't be July quick enough. Right. So, yeah. But think about how much of a better person you come back. Oh yeah. Like even the art of, I've always realized like the art of getting away, what it does is it's like this gentle reminder of what you have. Like when you're wrapped up in it all day and then you get away with your girls for a weekend, you're like, oh, I had fun. Um, but now I want to go back home. Like, <laughs> I want to go back home to my chaos. I'll take my chaos any day. You know, so it's like, you just need, you just you like, appreciate it more. As women, we have got to take responsibility of doing the little things and the big things that give us our sanity back. Like I tell my joke in this house is always that like, I, I'm an only child. So not the spoiled type of only child that you're thinking, but like I... I play well with myself. Right. Like I'm fine by myself. Yeah. So almost every day I'm like, Hey, I'll go pick a part of spine. He's like, no, no, you, you took him. I'll pick him up. I'm like, no, 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 no. I need, I need a, I need a, uh, a by myself car ride. No, no. <laughs> like, no. Cause I need that time by myself. I need to jam for 45 minutes in the car to my own thoughts without children talking to me, without you talking to me. Like I need to be alone. I yeah. sat in the closet before with the door closed. What are you doing? Thinking, leave me alone. Like. It just, you, as women, we don't do it enough. Yeah. The, the selfish decision, first of all, I use the word selfish and it sounds tainted. We need to be more selfish. Yeah, no. I mean, I, if you've ever run, read Untamed, that's what Glennon Doyle talks about. Book, I, it's, it should be here this week. I'm so excited for it. Girl, read it. It is the most, one of the most powerful, empowering books I have read in a very long time. And she says, we don't need more apologetic people-pleasing women. We need more selfish, like, self-centered women that want more from themselves is what we need. That's what we need. I agree. <sighs> I'm happy we did this. So do you have I any, know. like, cause you always good at like these little gems of like shit that I'm forever like making notes about. So when you think about being a busy mom and I think about, oh, and I think about all the ladies that I know, listen, they're busy moms. They're most of them have careers that would love to start a business like, what are some things, like maybe two or three things that you would say to that mom that's like, I'm scared to make that jump. I've got so much on my plate. What are your best advice pieces that you would give her? Somebody's going to chastise me for this one, but one, I think people don't talk about enough. Someone's going to be like, oh my God, can't believe she said that. I really believe that you have to learn to fake it till you make it. Oh, no, you have to fake it till you make it like, and the best analogy I, I can always think to give is like, exactly how I feel when I haven't been to the gym in a while. Mm -hmm. When you've been to the gym in a while, and you finally hype yourself up and you go with a friend or you go by yourself and you're not into fitness, and you get in there. How dumb do you feel? Oh gosh. I feel so dumb. I always walk in there and I'm like, people are like muscles and lifting and like running on on seven on the treadmill. And I'm like, 
okay, I'm going I'm to do this. Like, and I get up there and I'm like, oh my God, they probably are like, she's so fat and she doesn't, or you go to use a machine and five minutes in, you realize you're using it wrong. And you're like, oh my God, this was so stupid. No wonder I'm so tired. Like, you're just like, yeah, I just want to go home. And like, it's so easy for you to be like, I'll just come back tomorrow. Or maybe I'll go online and Google how to use this because I look like an idiot in here. I don't know what I'm doing. And everybody can tell, you know, and it's like, you have to, you basically, if you want to get committed and change your body, you have to go in there consecutively for like three weeks and literally fake it till you make it until you get to a point where like one day it just starts to feel kind of natural. And it's like, as you build this personal brand, whether you're starting a podcast, building a personal brand, doing both, writing a book, you know, showing up on YouTube, doing these videos, trying to build some type of brand that allows you to kind of connect with people and transform other people's lives. There's this section in time that you can't skip where you got to fake it till you make it. You just can't like you have to show up when you don't have a lot of followers. You have to show up when no one is watching. Like you literally have to pretend a lot of people are watching, but they're not like Mm -hmm. you just have to, you just have to be willing to like, it's this fire. You can't walk around it. You can't jump over it. You can't, you just have to walk through it. And it consists of you believing it so that you can attract something bigger than it. I would say that for sure. I would say moms, you have to enroll somebody, you have to enroll somebody to support you on this journey. And I know how hard that is. So anybody listening would listen to this and say, well, must be easy for you to say, because you've had a supportive partner the entire time. You have someone that understands. And I totally get that because I have friends and clients that I've worked with to no end that their children are an excuse and the reason why they can't do anything. And their partner is just an added piece to that. Like they, they have expectations, they have investment issues. They think this is a waste of time and a waste of money. And so you have to find and enroll yourself in, and someone has to be in your life that's willing to support you, whether it's paying a coach that's Mm going to support you. It's a friend, a dear friend, a friend in business. So I, I end up with a lot of clients that they don't have anyone in their family that will support them, but they'll find someone in a Facebook group. They become besties. And they're like now business besties and they talk every day. And that's the only person they have to talk to that they can communicate with that thinks the way that they do. If you are one of five people that wants something and the four people around you don't want it, you better believe you're going to give up. You will not finish. Mm -hmm. You need to surround yourself and enroll people that can support you and understand you and will empower you. Like you have to, it is impossible. You are already in the double negative. You are already facing a wall. You have a child, you have children, you probably have limited income in some shape or form, and you don't have anyone that supports you or this concept. You literally will spend the majority of your energy validating and defending your ideas when you need to spend all of your energy making it happen. And so that's the scenario you can't get yourself into. So you literally have to surround yourself with someone or people, multiple people that will literally put you in a shell and condone this idea and push you along the way and ask you how it's going. Like when I got this business off the ground, I felt like it was my entire life. Like it was my life. Like you couldn't tap my bubble. Like, and if you did, no offense, but there was a period in my life where I was like, oh, that doesn't matter right now. That doesn't matter right now. That, sorry that your life is that way. Doesn't matter right now. Like I'm in the six, six months to a year window where if this doesn't work, I have to go back to my old life. 
Yeah. I have to go back to a full-time job. I have to go back to my career. And now that I've seen what I can have, it is this or nothing. So yeah. none of you are going to penetrate this. Not a one, not a soul. I don't care about your fears. I don't care about your doubt. I don't care that you told me that you saw something online that said that people don't make money from podcasts. I don't give a damn. Like I'm going to make this work. And so part of making that work is building a team. And if you don't have the money to build a team, you need to build supporters around you that are going to make sure that no one can penetrate your journey. Yep. And then I would say lastly for mamas, mamas, I had a, I, I can't take this one myself. I had a guest one time, one of her episodes on my podcast went viral with Nikisha Wen, and she has four children. She's a single mom and she's a popular YouTube blogger that makes over $10,000 a month. And when I asked her, like, she doesn't have any help. Like she takes these kids to school. They're of all different ages. They go to all different schools. Like this woman is on the go. And when I asked her how she did it with four kids as a single mom, she just simply said, my, my children are not an excuse. They're the reason. Yeah. They're not an excuse. They're the reason. Like you have these babies and you get to make two choices. Both of them are good choices. You just get to make a choice. Make them be the reason. Make them be the reason, not your purpose, not every bit of fulfillment for you, but the reason why you grind so hard for six months, maybe a year, maybe two years, maybe three, you're going to have them for 18 years of your life. You can grind for three of them because if you don't, you're going to spend 18 years of their life away from them 40 to 45 hours a week. So yeah. take take your pick. Yeah. One of the things, and, and we can close out shortly, but I, when I was really in the, in the weeds with my first company, I was like working a lot to get to six figures. There was a bonus that I wanted to get. I was like, I know if I can get this, like we are going to be in such a better space. And I remember taking the girls on vacation for her birthday and I took them and we spent stayed downtown Denver four days, like something I would have never in a million years been able to afford for her previous to that. And the only thing the girls were worried about was whether or not I was going to be happy when they all went off to live their lives. So I think moms need to remember that like we Mm. are all of this into our babies and it's not a bad thing, but watching my daughter come back, you know, grow up and say like, I wanted you to be happy. And so I didn't want, you know, me to, me to have to be responsible for that for you for one, but two, be lonely. I didn't want you to have poured all of your life into me and then never really built one for yourself and then be lonely when it was time for me to be a big girl. And now she's all grown up. And had we not had those conversations, like being away from her for the nine months that we've been away from her, like I wouldn't have been able to get out of bed because I would have just been so overwhelmed and in grief. And so, yeah, I do think you, there, there has to be a selfishness in, and it's, and it's in a good way and it's better for them. It's better for you. Your kids can't be your purpose or they, no, they can, they can be your purpose, but they can't be your, like, to me, they can be your, no, what I meant to say is they can be your why, but they can't be your purpose. They can't be your purpose. If you put all of your energy and all your expectations and all of your fulfillment and keeping them happy, you will, you will naturally subconsciously expect for them to do the same for you, for them to fill your cup, for them to fill your happy. And you and I both know, just like you said, when they go off, that's why people get divorced. They look up and they go, well, what the fuck do I do now? 
Yeah. You haven't built a relationship that you want. You haven't poured in the time with, you know, then you're looking at someone, you don't even sure you freaking like them. Like, exactly. I'm, I'm so like gross in love with my husband because we have put in the work, but something had to give with it and, and we're better for it. Better for it. Like four months into my son coming home from the NICU, I went on a five day cruise and left my newborn home with my, my future husband. And there were people that were like, I cannot believe you went on a cruise. And I was like, are you kidding me? I can like my, my son was in the NICU for three months. He got out. He's fine. Now he's healthy. We've done every doctor's appointment, every cardiologist, he's fine. And my husband can handle it. Chris can handle it. So yes, I went on a freaking five day vacation away from everyone where I can five days where I can pretend like I'm not a mom and I can drink without expectation. And I can, I don't have to worry about what time I go to bed because someone's going to wake me up at 5am. Yes, I deserve that. Are you kidding me? I would have done that. (laughs) And my son won't know the difference. He won't know. He'll be fine. And I trust his daddy. Like it. Yes. Yes. Like I'm always traveling for conferences or something. I mean, despite COVID, but you know, people will be like, where's your child? And I'm like, with his grandparents who love him dearly, who I want him to get to know them too. He's fine. He's just being loved by someone else. Like, because my son will look up when we're traveling and we're going places and this is part of his life and he knows who his mother and father are. And he will be like, I can't sit on my ass. Look at how crazy my parents are. There will be none of that. Yeah. Like none of that. But when you pour your, your, your purpose into your children, every single unmet expectation becomes a reflection of you. Yeah. And your kids are going to make mistakes. They're going to disappoint you. And then one day they're going to get up and leave you. Mm-hmm. So prepare yourself for tons of disappointment right now. Yep. Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Yay. I'm so happy we did this. We had to reschedule a couple of times because, you know, we got kids in life and pandemic world. <laughs> life, man, life. I appreciate you being patient with me. No, I do. And and anybody that's listening that, and I say this every time anybody asks me about podcasts, I'm forever sending you somebody to refer I did my research and I don't even think that I told you this. I researched, I spoke with 16 different podcast agencies before I found you. Yeah. I'm a little bit of a psycho. Yeah. I'm a little bit of a psycho when it comes to that stuff, because this was something that was really special for me and I didn't want to get it wrong. And I wanted it to be with somebody that I felt like one got me as a person, because when you're handing over the most intimate stories of your life and having somebody help you bring those alive you want to go with somebody that you feel is the right person for you and so I did a lot of research to find you and so if somebody is listening to this and they're thinking I really want to start a podcast but I'm terrified like you are my go-to girl for that so thank you um, because just just in the confidence that it's given me now that it's out and everything is is there I learned so much from you so I'm just I'm so thankful for everything that you've done just to help me with resilient heart and just in general very, very thankful for you. So I'm very happy that you're, that you're on this episode with me. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. And guys, if, 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 if you ever want to chat with uh, someone on our team or myself, and you want to start a podcast and you're not sure where to start, hit me in the DMS. I'm always on Instagram, unfortunately, and it's at Jessica Hurley underscore, or you can check out some of the clients that we serve people podcasts that we put on the air. And the work that we do and the incredible stories that we help to tell at uh, instapodcast.com. Awesome. All right, lady. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. 
If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.